Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. It is our hope through the daily study of God's Word, we will be encouraged and strengthened and build a firm foundation of truth in our lives. In our study of Revelations 12, we have already seen Satan the dragon cast down to earth. Being cast down, he makes war on the woman, Israel. So I encourage you today to open your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 12, and join us for Israel Pursued. Before we read God's Word together, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today, this gift of your grace and mercy. We also thank you for the opportunity to study your Word and all of the tools and faculties that you have given us that enable us to study your Word. Father, give us insight and clarity. Help us to engage your Word honestly, openly, and then do your work of grace and mercy in our hearts and lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. For the past several studies, we have been reading and watching as two great signs in heaven unfolded. The dragon, Satan, the woman, Israel, the child, Jesus, have all been revealed in these two signs. During these studies, we have seen the dragon cast out of heaven following a war with Michael and the angels. And now, when we come to verse 13, we see the dragon cast down to earth. In verse 13, we read, Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast down to earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Following his war with Michael and the angels, the dragon and his angels realize they have been kicked out of heaven. They no longer have access to heaven and the throne of God. He recognizes, according to verse 12, that his time is short. So being cast down to earth, he persecutes or pursues the woman who gave birth to the male child. That is Israel, from whom Jesus Christ comes. In verse 14, we're told, But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she is nourished for a time, and times, and half a time, from the presence of the serpent. The word in verse 13 that is translated persecute means to pursue or harass. Satan is pursuing Israel, but in verse 14, God provides a way of escape. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place. In Exodus 19.4, We're told that when Israel fled from Egypt, that God bore Israel on eagles' wings. In other words, God provides a safe and secure passage for Israel. Even though Satan persecutes and pursues her, the woman is enabled through God's mighty power to escape. Which should remind us, Satan is unable to do anything to us unless God permits it. God can always protect us from Satan's power, from his persecution, from his lies and deception. We need to resist the devil, according to James, and he will flee. As powerful as Satan is, we are not powerless against him. Through the indwelling Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, 
we have tools and resources necessary to protect us from temptation and deception. And then God's mighty power at work on our behalf ultimately protects us against all the fiery darts of Satan. So being borne away on eagle's wings, Israel flies into her wilderness place. That phrase, her place, means God has reserved a place of protection for the nation Israel. God has a covenant with Israel. He is not going to abandon Israel. He is not going to allow Satan victory over Israel. So he has a place prepared for her that he might, according to the last part of verse 14, nourish her and care for her. It may be that Israel in this wilderness place is cut off from resources from the rest of humanity. But just like God was able to provide for Israel in the wilderness in Exodus, God can nourish her and feed her for as long as he wishes in her wilderness place. He can provide manna. He can provide quail. He can provide water. He is able to provide for her needs. And the length of time, we are told, is for a time and times and half a time. It is a reference from Daniel for the three-and-a-half-year period, the last part of the Great Tribulation. And it is there that she is nourished and protected from the presence of the serpent. The serpent cannot get to her. So as Satan realizes he is unable to reach her, in frustration as a final attack, verse 15 tells us, So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman. He himself couldn't get there, so he spews water. Some see this as a figurative reference to other forms of attack. Satan sends something, if we take it literally, water after the woman Israel. His purpose is to carry her away by a flood. He wants to destroy her. He himself can't get to her, but he sends some kind of either natural force or human force after her so that she can be carried away. But in verse 16, we're told the earth helped the woman. God commands the earth to respond, and the earth opens up its mouth and swallows up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. The dragon is defeated or thwarted again. Isn't it amazing in Scripture how many times Satan seeks to do his will and God, in his sovereign, almighty power, continually defeats Satan. Satan is not the Almighty. He is a created being under the power and the authority of the Lord God Almighty. And again, in verse 16, he is defeated. I have to confess, when I read verse 17, at least the first part of verse 17, I smile. Because verse 17 begins, and the dragon was enraged with the woman. Satan continues to try to attack. He continues to try to defeat God's plans and purposes, to assert his own authority over God's creation. And over and over again, as Satan is pushed back or held in check, as he is defeated, we see verse 17, and the dragon was enraged with the woman. His frustration boils over. 
Now, he doesn't stop. We're told in the New Testament that Satan is like a roaring lion roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. When his efforts are thwarted on one front, Satan pursues another front. And so in verse 17, And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring. And so now we have a question. Who are the rest of Israel's offspring? Well, we're told at the end of verse 17, they are those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. There are those who claim that this is the 144,000 witnesses that God has reserved on the earth, but it seems to be just generally all of those Gentile or Jew scattered throughout the earth that have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ and are seeking to follow him through the keeping of his commandments. It bears saying that many people today don't believe keeping God's commandments are necessary for salvation. And although keeping God's commandments do not save us, those who have the testimony of Jesus Christ, who have repented of their sin, who are his followers and disciples, these are those who keep the commandments of God. God has written his commandments on their heart, and they follow Christ. They don't want to shame him through their sin or rebellion. They trust in Jesus, and they bear fruit of salvation and righteousness. They are holy. They are righteous before God. Not perfectly righteous, but they are seeking to keep the commandments of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to become saved, but because they have been saved. And so for a period of time, Satan leaves off his persecution of Israel to intensify his efforts against the rest of our offspring, those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. It should be evident at this point in our study that this is a challenge to all of us who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to faithfully represent the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. We need to seek to live holy and pure lives, knowing all of these things that we are studying are going to come to pass. We know that time is short, so we need to seek to be obedient, to live the holiness of Christ that he purchased for us on the cross. We bear in our body the righteousness of Christ, we need to live that out day by day through faith. And we have the testimony of Jesus. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ written on our hearts, and we need to live that out, but we also need to publicly profess the gospel of Jesus Christ, the means of salvation for all who will believe. It is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. We need to know that, and we need to declare that. Father in heaven, just like in the time of tribulation, you will have your witnesses on the earth. Right now, preceding that time, you have your witnesses on the earth, the church. We are the living embodiment of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are here to declare your grace and your goodness, your riches to the world. If we are troubled by the events that take place, by the conflict, the suffering, the death, 
we should be moved to proclaim the gospel to all who will listen so that they might avoid these things by being raptured with the church or by during the tribulation being able to recall the gospel of Jesus Christ and be saved and delivered. Father, again, I thank you for all of your patience and all of your grace toward rebellious sinners, for your expression of love through sending your son Jesus to die on the cross so that we might not perish. Help us to believe. Help us to follow and to obey your commands. Guide us daily through the presence and power of your Holy Spirit and the enlightenment provided by your Holy Word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.